1: We had our first dateable live show late last year, and it was a huge success with a packed house. If you weren't able to make it or want a refresher, here's a snippet from that show. First up, we flipped the script and had Logan Yuri interview us. If you recall, Logan is from season nine, episode 14, The Science of Dating. And at the end, we had a steamy Q&A session where a particular past guest was called out.
2: And now it is my pleasure to welcome UA and Julie to the stage. Let me tell you a little bit about them and about the podcast. So they are the creators and co-hosts of the Dateable podcast, as you know. And it's an insider look into modern dating. The HuffPo called it one of their top 10 podcasts about love and sex. And they've also been listed as a top dating podcast on Brit Co., Thought Catalog, BET, and most recently, Ask Men. So I know a lot of you are familiar with the podcast, but if not, every week, U.A. and Julie talk with real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. So I'm thrilled to flip the script and bring U.A. and Julie up here to talk to them for their first ever live show. So welcome, Julie and U.A. Yay! <laughs> Okay, so how did you two end up creating the podcast?
0: So UA and I met through mutual friends. Actually, one of them is here, Courtney Kay over there. (laughs) And we actually met through a company. I started 500 Brunches. And I remember I had been here for like eight years. And UA had just moved here um, after being a dating coach in New York and Beijing and LA. And she's like, what the fuck is up with the dating scene in San Francisco? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. It's normal. I've been dating here since I'm 25, you know. (laughs) So one night we were out and like all good. Things started a bar. We decided to make a podcast.
2: Okay, so raise your hand if you're in the audience and you've thought about starting your own podcast.
1: Ooh.
2: wow. Okay, I see quite a few hands here. So why don't you two walk us through a quick version of your advice for somebody who wants to start a podcast?
0: Mm. I think just do it. Like <laughs> you're only going to learn if you put it out there. So. Yeah, just put it out there into the world. It's kind of weird because, like, it's awesome seeing you guys all here now. But when you're podcasting, you have no idea who's listening. But you'll start to get feedback and people writing you. So, yeah, just just do it.
1: Um, Definitely get someone who knows sound very
2: well
0: (laughs)
1: from the very beginning. It's so important.
2: Okay, so 160 episodes later, I want to hear from the two experts. What is the state of modern dating? And what are two insights that you could each share with us about Mm. things you've learned about dating from doing the podcast?
1: Great question. (laughs) So I'm going to roll this up into two insights, and one of them is the state of dating. I really think when we first started the podcast four and a half years ago, it was a lot of dating fatigue because it was hot to be on dating apps. Everyone and their mom, literally everyone and their mom (laughs) was on dating apps And people felt very fatigued. They felt like they were going on several dates a day. And these dates weren't amounting to anything. But now, four and a half years later, I think where we are at now is that we're more mindful about dating. We hear this all the time. I want to meet people in real life. How do I do that? How do I get off the dating apps? How do I... Do more self-discovery and self-awareness. So the state of dating right now is we calm the fuck down <laughs> from dating apps and said, how do I actually do this dating thing right? And the second insight I have is that men and women experience the exact yep. same things. So if you are sitting here and you're like, mm, those men, those douchebags, the men are also like those, bleh. you know, like, <laughs> we complain about the exact same things about each other everybody goes, everybody's a dick, everyone's been mean to someone. So when you think it's like the other sex or the people that you're trying to date that are at fault, you have to look to yourself first.
0: For sure. I think the state of dating is that anything goes these days. Like I think... Back in the day, like everyone's goal was to like get married, have kids, and mm. I think right now, like that really just varies so dramatically. Like we see people that have been in, married for years and are opening up their relationships. We see triad relationships, oh. so plus two to a wedding—that's always fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, we see people that are single and loving it, like Larry's episode, single and loving it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think it's just like um, right now there is no right one right way to date, and I think that's actually really wonderful because we've seen like from the divorce rates and like generations above us, like this is kind of our chance to like define what a relationship should mean on our terms. So it's actually a beautiful thing in my opinion. But <laughs> the second thing I would say is um, I think everyone's looking for a connection, and there's a ton of options right now, and. It's really like just cutting through the BS on the dates. Like back in the day there was like this rule like no politics, no talking about your exes and like now it's like anything goes and oftentimes you don't get that next date. So it's like better to be real than to like have the date talk within reason, of course. Like you don't have to give your whole life story maybe on date one, but I think just opening up and getting real early on is really where people are going.
2: Okay, so you mentioned that one of the ways that you first connected was that you arrived in San Francisco and said, Mm -hmm. wow, the dating scene here is so weird. And (laughs) that's something that I hear all the time. And I feel like people in different cities always think that their city is the hardest place to date. So Mm -hmm. from your experience, you've talked to a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are in the SF dating scene. How does dating here compare to dating elsewhere?
0: Good question. I think when we first started, we were like, San Francisco is so unique. We got to do a whole show about San Francisco, <laughs> and then we like quickly realized that like the same shit's happening everywhere. I think San Francisco like a lot of stuff happens first here. Like dating apps were like more novel here. I mean, we're the tech capital, so obviously. Um, also, just people are like more. Open minded, we're like kind of like, we're polyamory and open relationships are like a first here. But I think every city has its nuances, but the same general things that are happening, like ghosting and breadcrumbing and all the stuff that's like a little challenging with dating, is happening everywhere. Like, for example, in LA we had a guest once say, and I would never even thought about this if we didn't have this guest that was like, LA's actually really hard to date because it's just too nice there. And like the traffic is so brutal that you're like, oh, should I meet this person from Tinder that I don't know anything about or just like have a cocktail on a rooftop bar, you know? So it's like <laughs> dating just doesn't happen as much. So I think every city just has nuances.
2: Anything that you think is unique to SF dating?
1: unique to SF dating would be I feel like the question is always on the table which is is monogamy dead and I feel like I hear that in this city more than any other city maybe New York because I think everyone's kind of questioning like is it just two people in a relationship forever or could I share the love
0: Yeah, I mean in SF everyone's like optimizing everything so it's like and we're also like oh can we like define the perfect relationship and sometimes it's causing us to challenge things a bit more. But also, we have um, tech bros here mm-hmm. and Founder Hounders. Yes. So that's different. <laughs> yeah,
2: Ooh, founder Hounder is a new one for me. Mm. That's interesting. Go yeah. to the battery. Oh yeah, yeah. It's an interesting point about monogamy. I remember I was at a wedding once, and this guy came up to me, and he was like, "Defend monogamy." <laughs> I was like, "Only in San Francisco." A pig. No, no. He went, uh, "Well, maybe it was a fag." <laughs> he described himself as a radical polyamorous, and I it was it was that. interesting and. I just sort of said, well, maybe monogamy is actually the biggest kink of them all. Yeah. You know, just one person for a long time. It's, it's kinky. Kinky. It's a fetish. Yeah. It's a fetish. <laughs> is that person. Okay. So how has doing the podcast changed the way that you date? And I would love to hear about this from maybe where you were when you started it and what some of your motivations were and then how your dating life has evolved and where you are now. I think when we first started the podcast, I felt like dating
1: was... I needed to win. I needed to get that second date. I needed mm-hmm. to get this person to like me back. I need to get as many matches as possible. And then I realized, after doing four and a half years of this podcast, is the measure of success of your dating life and your relationships, it's not the longevity or the outcome. You've seen people in 10-year relationships who are miserable. We've seen... a we've seen numerous divorces when at the time when they were married, that probably was a measure of success. I think the measurement of success of any date or any relationship is, did I learn something after this date? Did I learn a little bit about about myself, and did I learn something new? And if you walk away and maybe there was no kiss or a second date, that's okay, because you actually gained something from it. You've all heard the story, you go on like an eight-hour first date, and said so this like amazing make out in front of Far no. no, yeah. I hope it's not in front of you. <laughs> and then you're like, oh my God, why didn't this person call me back? Why didn't this equate to a second date? Because the longevity of that date doesn't equate to that was a successful date. It's just that you both have nothing else better to do and you just want to keep hanging out with each other. So we need to start like rethinking how we how we perceive as successful dating. Yeah,
0: I think like when Tinder was kind of like at its peak, I definitely rode that wave and was definitely guilty of serial dating, like being on a date, being in the bathroom swiping on someone else, so felt guilty of that. But also I think I took it really personally, like when things like wouldn't work out and I thought there was, like, something wrong with me, like, when, like, things didn't go past, like, date three or so. And after, like, when we first started the podcast, I was in a relationship, and I think I learned really quick that, like, it's not all about me. It's actually not about me at all. And there's, everyone kind of has their own stuff going on, and you just don't know that when you're meeting someone for cocktails for an hour. Like, you really don't know much about their lives. So I think what this podcast has really taught me now that I'm single and actively dating again is like you just like put yourself in their shoes, like, yeah, it sucks to be ghosted, it sucks to be flaked on, but like you don't know what this other person's going through. like we hear these perspective ones all the time, and it's always shocking, like the exit interview. I don't know if anyone here listened to that one, but if you haven't, you should. We had a guest that like thought that all the women were not interested in him, but they all were or like open to a second date. It's just like you also just don't know what's happening, so yeah, I think. This podcast has definitely taught me to be more open, if nothing
2: else.
1: And now we're experts.
2: So over the 160 episodes, is there one story or one episode that really stands out to you?
1: Time for a quick snack break. That's right. I feel like we should think about what we want to eat later because sometimes it's so hard, isn't it? I want something healthy, but I also want something easy to make. So now's the time for you to discover Sunbasket, a service that delivers organic, pre measured ingredients and quick, healthy recipes right to your door. Two selling points for me about Sunbasket one, it was founded in San Francisco, and two, Justine Kelly, the award winning chef from the famous restaurant Slanted Door, created the recipes. Sunbasket's dietary approved meal plans cater to many diet needs. You can mix and match recipes across the full menu regardless of your meal plan. I recently made the ginger turkey meatballs and lemongrass broth with cauliflower rice. Uh-huh. I'll let you digest that for a sec. It was so delicious. Sunbasket is now offering $35 off your order when you go right to sunbasket.com slash dateable and enter the code dateable at checkout. Again, that's $35 off your order. Go to sunbasket dot com slash dateable and enter the code d-a-t-e-a-b-l-e i'm sorry if i made you really hungry but now back to the
2: show so over the 160 episodes is there one story or one episode that really stands out to you
0: so tough um i would have to go with the man funnel i don't know if anyone remembers that one it was Season 7, Episode 20. And I think what I love about this is, like, who here is, anyone here at sales and marketing? I know there's a few. This is tech. (laughs) But you've all probably heard of, like, the sales and conversion funnels, and it's like, you got to get enough prospects in, or they start to leak that funnel. And this woman, Megan Wex, like, she broke it down. She's like... Dating is the exact same thing. You've got to fill that man funnel up. And, <laughs> I mean, it was just, like, hilarious. But also, I think what really made it stand out to me is, like, the number of people we ran into or, like, wrote in or, like, sent us Instagram posts, like, whatever Maybe may Like, the man funnel, they just kept, like, fixating on it. So try it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the episode that really stands out for me, and I always talk about this one, is called so. I went to a sex party,
2: <laughs> season
1: six, episode fourteen. Julie and I were invited to go to a live sex party, live? yeah, ver- versus virtual, supposed <laughs> to virtual, uh, in Oakland, and we didn't know what to expect. It was our first time going to a sex party together. And we decided to bring a friend with us And we taped the entire thing Audio recorded the entire thing <laughs> <Good> Clarification, <laughs> to clarify And what really stood out to me about that Was one, I, we were both in a very uh, Uncomfortable situation As much as I love porn I didn't want to be that close to people Having porn, having sex Sex, sex <laughs> That's what called, sex Having sex in front of me um, But also what was so fascinating Because this is what makes San Francisco so amazing sometimes is we had this woman who was our like sex sherpa and she's like welcome to the sex party i'll be your sex sherpa you guys are new here i'm gonna show you around i'm also head of hr at salesforce and we're like oh cool that's awesome so
2: um apparently the sex parties are really good for networking Okay, that was great. So we heard your favorite episode. What about a favorite story? Like, if Mm. you were talking to somebody on a plane and you were describing to them what you do, what's a story that you might bring up that happened on the podcast that you were exposed to through the podcast?
1: Uh, Story. Story. (laughs) (laughs) So many. There's so many. I don't even know where to
0: start. I think um, this is more maybe like an evolution But, like, we had one guest, Margo, who is season seven, episode nine, rewriting the roles. (laughs) I have a weird memory, but, (laughs) and um, she basically came to us just totally, like, distressed about dating, frustrated by men, the whole nine yards. And we did this episode, we actually, like, sometimes we wait to air certain episodes, not for any reason, just because we get backed up. And one of, like, we knew her through mutual friends. And one friend was like, Hey, have you talked to Margot recently? <laughs> We're like, No. And she's like, Some things have changed for her a little. So we caught up with her. And she basically told us that the podcast had inspired her to really just become much more open. She went on a date with a couple. So uh, that was fun. And then she changed her bumble settings to women. So she basically fell in love with a woman and we had them back on the podcast and they basically shared their story of how like all these years they've been kind of told to do one thing and they started to like really evaluate what they wanted and that's what made them do that change. And I think that's like, it stuck with me because it's like how much of what we think is like comes from like our family or like society versus like how much of it's like what we truly want Needless to say, all said and done, she's kind of gone back to men. But I think sometimes, like, you have to go full circle to realize, like, what is it that you actually want out of someone? And I think just, like, seeing her now, she's just much more confident. And I think sometimes we, like, judge success of relationships on, like, marriage and children and all that. And while that's great, that's not always the whole picture, I think, like... Seeing these success stories of people like finding themselves more or like getting more comfortable in their own skin personally makes me happy.
1: And by the way, when Margot went lesbian, um, Julie and I were like, should we try it? <laughs> and um, we also had a diaper fetish episode. And we were both like, should we try it? So this I think as a side life. note, every time someone brings up something new for us, we're like, should we
2: just try
1: it? it? Except for the finger up the anus. I don't know. I just that wasn't, that wasn't really doing it for me. But the story. <laughs> The story that really stands out for me is uh, at uh, season three, episode, help me out, Josh.
0: Oh, episode um, seven, I believe? Sure,
1: I'll go with that. <laughs> Josh, who- Dating the CEO of a startup. There you go. Josh is the CEO of this um, startup called Monday Motorbikes, and he talked about how he's married to his work, married to startup, and how his employees are his wife, I- and how he just could not uh, find capacity in him to date emotionally and physically. He slept at the office, everything, everything. So basically his whole episode for like an hour was like, I don't want to date. And then we got like 50 emails that were like, no Josh, you want to date, <laughs> you don't want to date me. Like all these women were like, we're gonna change your mind. But of course it's the man who says they're cute. Missing. Of course, right? So we got all these all these emails that were like, you know, Josh, do you want to meet these women? He's like, no, no, I really don't have the capacity to date. And fast forward two years later, he's now married. So we had him back on season nine. Season nine, episode two. <laughs> where we asked him, like, what's up? What changed? And he said, well, the startup thing didn't really change that much. But what really changed was when I met my fiance. Before meeting her, I felt like a relationship and a partner would drag me down. It would slow me down. It would um, take me away from reaching all my dreams and my potential of being a unicorn startup founder. And what he really found with this now wife is that she actually empowered him to be in a better position to succeed and to really live his dreams and pursue his dreams. So she's the one that that didn't even try to convince him. She was like, if you want be in a relationship, you don't, but I'm not here to try to drag you down. I'm here to try to lift you up. So that's a beautiful story. We thought. <laughs>
2: so speaking of lifting people up as a final question for everyone who's here tonight and people listening on the podcast later, what is one thing that people could do today or tonight or this week in their love lives to actually just improve the way that they date or the, the way that they show up in relationships?
1: Mm. Ah, very good question. Yeah. We didn't plan that one. Earth um, <laughs> ball, keep going. You, you your toes. I love it. I, I I think this is just I think this is just really important to note is that you you have to go through the trenches in order to find what you want. We've seen it with Julie Julie's episode where in a relationship. Oh, she was friends with someone for eight years before they became um, a couple because you have to like kind of do your shit first before you find that gold. Oh man, that really works here, doesn't it? <laughs> but sometimes when you're in the trenches of dating, it seems like it's just heartbreaking and it's just it's so hard to keep going cuz you're like I'm fatigued, I'm exhausted. Why me? Uh, this this idea of like scarcity, like there's just no one out there for me, but it of all the stories we've heard, if you go through the trenches cuz there's no shortcut You can't hack your way through love. If you go through the trenches, you will find yourself with a successful something, like a happy something. And that end goal can be different for everyone, but you have to, like, go through the jungle to get there.
0: Yeah. I think it's also, like, super easy to, like, blame your city or, like, make excuses of what, like, is holding you back. But, like, I know for me, like, therapy and just, like, looking inward and, like, all of that is, like, really what made all the difference. So, not saying everyone has to go to therapy, but, like, do <laughs> okay, you should, but maybe. Yeah, okay. But, like, I think it's, like, think it's like sometimes we also think that, like, it has to be, like, let me get all my shit in order and then I can focus on dating and, The reality is like it's always gonna be something. So like while you shouldn't be stopping to be the best version of yourself, like look at like what excuses you're making yourself. I don't wanna say anyone's like put anyone down, but it's like the common denominator is you and there's always ways we can improve and you don't have to be perfect to be in a relationship. Spoiler, most people that are married and in relationships are not perfect. So improvement, but also like
1: not using that as an excuse too. You just inspired to me say, uh, to say one more thing, which is um, we're also afraid of getting into relationships. It's always been like, mm. I want to be the one to have the DTR conversation last. I want to be the one to show the least interest because he or she is going to like me more. Unfortunately, that's not how successful relationships work. The only way you can improve yourself in a relationship is to get into fucking relationships. Like you have yeah. to just keep getting into them even if they don't work out. Why are we so afraid of being like, "Yes, I want to be your girlfriend. Yes, I want to be your boyfriend. Let's just try this. If it ends by this Sunday, that's cool. I can still go home and watch friends." So, okay, like just it's better for us to just like like get over the fear and get over the pride of being like, "I want I want other people to put me on a pedestal." It's mm-hmm. it does not work that way.
0: Can I do one more? Yeah. <laughs> this, is how we, this is how we go. We play <laughs> off of each other. But I think uh, last minute. <laughs> I think it's like taking the ego out of it. Like sometimes people are always like, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to show my cards. But like the reality is you're making a relationship with someone. Like that is all of that. So like
2: put it out there. Worst comes to worst. You
0: watch Friends. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love ending this little chat on a note of vulnerability. Yeah. I think that's a great piece of advice for everyone. And perhaps on behalf of everyone here, I just want to thank you too for the work that you're doing and the stories that you're bringing to people. And I think it's just so humanizing and it just normalizes a lot of the experiences that people are go through go through with dating. So thank you guys so much for Thank
0: you. That. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's it. Out. Thank
2: you. <laughs>
1: We're going to wrap up this session with some Q&A. Does anybody have any questions for us? Who had a question over here? Ooh, Ooh. Come on up. Oh, do <laughs> how do you guys come up with your various like, content ideas and the
0: various speakers? Like, what does that process look like? Mm. So I think her, your question, hopefully I'm iterating it right, was how do you come up with the content ideas and like the speakers and the guests that you have? So, we do it a couple different ways. Like, some people write in submissions, so please do so if you haven't already. Like, we do comb through all the stories that come in, so that's a really great way. But also, there's a lot of topics that we have in mind already, so sometimes we'll put out kind of Casting calls on Facebook. Uh, I think that's actually how we got Larry for Single and Loving It was a Facebook post. (laughs) No (laughs)
1: Craigslist.
0: Don't reveal our secrets. (laughs) But um, yeah, so we do it that way. But then also a lot of times, like we'll have people reaching out to us. Like we had Candice Bushnell, the author of Sex in the City. Her people reached out to us, and we were like stoked. So yeah, I think it's just a combination of many ways. Um, We're just like always just trying to stay on the pulse of what's interesting we also get like listeners writing in about what they want to hear about so please do so if there's topics we haven't covered like that's always a really great way so we can make sure that we're making content that is relatable for everyone
1: and here's one way that has sort of worked dating apps (laughs) jeff (laughs) jeff was our only guest who was sourced from a dating app everybody else said no (laughs) Any other other questions? We got
0: booted off of Bumble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We almost did. Questions? What do you think the right was
0: to ask Oof. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, this is a good one. We had um, one One guest that I will forever remember that was infamous five-minute date. Like, she showed up, looked at the guy. If she wasn't into it, she left money for his coffee. And that's a little brutal in my personal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, sometimes people need to warm up. Like, we've heard, like, one drink, too. It's like, you have to also think about, like, this person did make an effort to come and meet you. So I'd be pretty bummed if someone threw down, like, a five after being there for five minutes. So I think that's important to think about, like, what they're doing, too. That being said, if, like, they're disrespectful or, like, bothersome to you, then I think that you can leave the date. But I would say if they're just, like, a normal person and you haven't, like, established just tons of chemistry, like, I would give it at least two drinks if you're not drinking, like, a couple hours just to, like, let some time go by and see if, like, you can bond over something. And who knows, like, even if it's not, like, a romantic connection, like, it could be a friend, it could be, like, a business connection. Like, I go into every day just trying to meet someone new, and that's kind of how I look at it.
1: It, did you guys pay attention to Logan's presentation? You should have date, but it's on a high note. So when you're like about to make out, you're like, mm, nope, I'll save it for next time. It's always a, I think it's always to end on a high note where you want to see that person more and again. You don't want to end it when it's like, oh, when is this going to end, right? So end on a High note. High note. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes. Ooh, the questions Ooh. are coming now. Love it. How
0: do, you, how do you recommend fending off dating fatigue? That's a great oh, one. Fending yeah. off
1: dating how, how to fend off dating fatigue? I wish we had Andrew here. Is Andrew here? We had an episode called dating fatigue. And our guest on the show is now happily engaged, and he was supposed to come today, and we really want him to answer that question. But I think for for me, I've experienced.
2: Party time.
1: <laughs> for me, I definitely experienced dating fatigue, Julie, as well. And I think the one way I found a great, like the best way for me to fend off dating fatigue is to, one, take a pause, but don't, don't say, oh, I'm, I'm on a hiatus. I hate that word. Like, I'm on a dating hiatus. No, you're not. You're like still checking people out when you're out. You're just taking a little pause but finding other ways of connecting with people whether that's in person or or finding some like non-romantic connections because when you start to connect with other humans then you'll be ready to get back into the dating pool.
0: I mean I definitely think like kind of take a look at like where your own mental headspace is at the time. If, if you aren't showing up well on dates cuz you're just burnt out, like get off the apps because like it isn't really worth the time at that point. Like if you're not showing up in a positive place I would all like, I've definitely been there before, and I really just like poured my like heart and soul into like starting a business and like working on myself and like working out and like anything that would like get me to feel better about myself. Cause I think at the end of the day, a lot of the dating fatigue comes down to how you process things. Like, especially in dating, it's rough out there. I'm sure everyone agrees with that. It's like people can be rough, especially if they don't know you on dating apps. Like, there's just no you though. It's like up to you to kind of recognize that and just be like, okay, like, this has nothing to do with me. They don't even know me. Like, I'm a great person. Like, all of that. And if you're not in that mental space, like, do whatever you can to get there. Okay. The hands are flying now. We just need to warm you guys up.
2: <laughs> just wondering about the episode, ESA to a woman. Oh. it seems super calm. Uh But when I listen to the episode, I saw as the thing that happened. That was incredibly to me. Oh, my God. Okay. If you all listen to it, Yeah. would feel really humiliating about the you are
1: infuriated. Right?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <It's super laughs> so, I was wondering
0: during the recording session, how do you guys feel I'm about the fact guest,
2: what he said?
0: Like, what do you guys think and feel at the time when he was uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay? <laughs> So wait, we're wait, gonna, wait, we're wait, gonna, wait. gonna. Yeah. So, the okay. So just to repeat it, this was about um, season eight, episode three, I think. <laughs> PSA to women. I might be wrong on that, but it's early on. And uh, and the The question question was was like like, the guest had a lot of just uh, 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 controversial why can't I I speak speak. controversial is why we edit the podcast (laughs) controversial (laughs) views and the question was like how do we react to it and like kind of stay calm through it because this was definitely a triggering episode that we did get some people reaching out
1: who's listened to that episode raise your hand oh okay a lot all right so you guys know uh...
0: <laughs> I mean okay so I guess first to start off like I think datable, like the whole point of it is to like have people have diverse opinions so while we don't always agree with every opinion that's been voiced on the show like our goal is to like open the stage to different types of opinions My personal opinion was, like, that guest was trying to, like, actually, like, do something well for people. Like, he had good intentions of, like, delivering, like, a message per se, whether it came off in tactics that I don't necessarily agree with. But, like, I think it's just, like, respecting people's opinions, whether you agree with them or not, at least from a guest perspective.
1: Um, I'm going to I'm just going to reveal this. Fact right now, Leon is here in the audience with us because, <laughs> because he was on the show anonymously. We are protecting his life. Uh, but I, the reason why we still communicate with Leon, I think it's what, too, what Julie said, is we want to create a platform where people can express their opinions and can express. Their advice to other people. Whether you want to take that or believe that, that's up to you. But I don't think we need to shut anybody up because their views are rather controversial. We were a little bit uncomfortable with some of the things that were being said. But with that said, there are men out there like that. There are also women out there who are equally as Manipulative and conniving and that's just the world today and that's everywhere So in dating we all know there are the bad guys and the bad guys do exist. Do I think all men think this way? Absolutely not. I don't think my boyfriend Who is a lovely man has ever thought these thoughts in recent years (laughs) But maybe at one point or another he has right What episode is
0: that?
1: What was that? But, so was
0: that, right? that? Oh, now we're intrigued, aren't we? Yeah. I think it's season eight, episode
1: three. Yeah, I
0: believe season uh, sorry, season eight, episode three. PSA to women.
1: It's great around the Thanksgiving table, the
0: table. But I mean, I think like just to iterate one more point on that, and then we can go to another question, Like the only person we can control in dating is ourselves. Like, we can't control people out there, the manipulative tactics they're doing. But I think what was nice about that episode was, like, hey, it gave light on, like, some things that can be there. And I'm still a believer of, like, giving someone the benefit of the doubt and thinking the best in people. But, like, when it becomes, like, five times, like things that feel like a lie, like it is up to you to kind of be like, is this the way I want to treat it, to be treated? I think Kevin brought it up with the ghost digger, a few of them, it's like, why put people in your life that treat you that way? And like, someone showing you who they are, like you need to believe them.
1: Yes. Yes, back there. how do you feel about having sex on the first day? Ooh. <laughs> how do we feel about having sex on the first day? How do I personally feel about having sex on the first day? Let's pause now and know that in this moment, you have the power to better your life. You have the control to make 2020 your best year yet with the help of a credible professional to support you along the way. Now with BetterHelp, you can experience online counseling and connect with professional, credible, and compassionate counselors in a safe and private online environment everything stays confidential and you can always change your counselor. With over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists and your choice of communication modes, including text, chat, phone, and video, BetterHelp makes it easier than ever for you to find help. For Datable listeners, only get 10% off your first month with the discount code Datable. You can get started today. Just go to betterhelp.com Datable. Fill out a simple questionnaire to help you assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Again, that's betterhelp.com Datable. And use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. Now, back to this episode. How do we feel about having sex on the first day? How do I personally feel about having sex on the first day? If, if you, you want to do, do it, it, you do it. it. I mean, there was a time where I didn't have sex for like a year and I was like, yeah, if there's an opportunity for me to have sex on the first day, I'm going to do it. But is there like a hard rule on if you should have sex on the first day? I think we can, that's up to your own discretion. Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel enough chemistry with this person to just have a, a physical connection with them? And can can you can you wake up the next day or at 3 a.m. and be okay with leaving that apartment, not ever seeing them again? Right. So those are things you have to ask yourself. But my personal opinion is, if you want it, you go get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think. Um, Kind of on a similar boat, but I think like ultimately it comes down to like you, what you're looking for. Like some people are just looking for sex and like, but if you are looking for like a committed relationship, like, Personally, like I think sex gets better as you like really get to know someone So like if you had like a connection that was just like off the charts like on date one Like I don't believe in like date one date three like what's the difference? It's kind of like really up to that experience and like what happened there But I think like you started to touch on a little it's like know yourself Like if you are the type that gets super attached like sex will cloud the way You're looking at someone so like I Again, like I don't wanna give advice because like I personally have definitely had sex on the first date, so I can't say that like there's no reason to, but like it does cloud your judgment and if you wanna look objectively and like see like how someone's treating you, then sometimes it is better to kind of put it on pause a little. But every situation's different. Last
1: question. Yes.
0: It's gonna
1: be about pooping, but not, because I work here, I work here because I like pooping. Okay. <laughs> she likes pooping. She doesn't love to poop. Well, I guess I
2: was curious if you have heard of any good stories about pooping and oh. dating, and whether it has ever interfered uh, with your romantic life uh, or any dates.
0: Okay. The question was, <laughs> have you heard any good pooping stories relative to dating, and has it interfered with your lives? I'm glad to say pooping has not interfered with my dating life, so that's positive. But I have heard stories. Like, I had a friend once that was on a running date in Golden Gate, uh, Golden Gate Park, and you know, some bowel movements started to happen, and she had to like literally duck out and, like, poop in the woods. So (laughs) (laughs) they never saw each other again. (laughs) I don't think it's because of the pooping, or maybe it was. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Um, I guess I I will steal this person's story, because they are here in the room, and they've told me this story, where he went on a date with a girl who um, had a bad stomach, and on their Uber ride home, he started smelling things in the Uber and uh, thought it was the driver. (laughs) So he started rolling down the window and when they stopped at her destination, he helped her out of the car and saw that there was a wet spot on the seat and her pants had stains on it and she didn't say anything about it um, the entire time and he escorted her up the stairs and said goodnight. She never acknowledged it and um, I guess a few days later, sorry if I'm butchering the story, she texted Texas. and said, "Thank you for you know, thank, thank you, and it just thank you, I guess." And um, he he wrote back like, "No problem, shit happened. <laughs> 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 I, I wish he could tell the story here because he does it better, but uh, she did not text back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we
0: actually had this, we had a whole discussion about this, and pooping did come up on the, a recent episode we did Zipper Dick, I don't know if anyone watched that one, yeah. Watch that one. Listen, listen it. to it, oh yeah. You should be watching it, that one's too good to listen to it. But anyways, like, part of um, what the discussion ended up being, like, was what happens when stuff happens out of your control, like, sometimes you just can't help Like, Like, if if you had had to poop poop or throw up, up, like, things definitely happen. So if you are on a date with someone and that happens, like, and everything everything else is going well, well, like, like. I would encourage you to, like, try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Or if it happens to you, like, I think just, like, being like, hey, I'm super embarrassed and just owning it. Because, like, it would be a shame to, like, let something like that kill a relationship Mm -hmm. if it just was something that was an unforeseen circumstance. Should we do one more question so we don't end on a
1: uh, we <laughs> come full circle.
0: Who is the last um, inspirational question, anyone? <laughs> uh,
2: no pressure. Courtney. I Courtney know. does. Is this about oh. King. <laughs> I know you do. No, I got it for you. Well, I love you both, obviously. Um, OK, my question is, after all these seasons, what is it that inspires you to keep going? What is it about this that? Motivates you day in and day out like why do you have the burning passion for it and what's to come with dateable podcast as someone who loves you guys and has been there from the beginning
0: Yes, you have (laughs) (laughs) Confessions of a matchmaker (laughs) So the question just to repeat it one more time Hopefully I get all of this is kind of what keeps us inspired and going by doing dateable like and then what is in the future for dateable?
1: Well, first of all, it's you guys. Thank you for showing up. We were like, this is going to be really embarrassing if nobody shows up.
2: <laughs> we had a lot of RSVPs, but we know how
1: flaky people are. So thank you so much for showing up and supporting us. Because it's, it's because of you, that's why we do it. Otherwise, we th- to each
2: other. Why do we have to put it out there?
1: Um, so here the stories. And also, we get these emails from people we've never met. Some of them live in Australia. Some live in the mm-hmm. Philippines. And they'll say, this episode really resonated with me. I mean, I had a guy friend who was like, the single mother episode really resonated with me. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> you, just, you just never know when when a story or perspective yeah. can really touch you or change the way you think about dating and just life in general. And what keeps me going is that I learn something new every single time we record. We Every time a guest leaves, I'm just like floored. Even if it's just... Even if it's an episode about pooping, I will have learned something new and inspirational. So it's been life changing for myself and I love this opportunity to keep evolving my own thoughts
0: yeah i mean i definitely would second that like we had this girl come up to us at a crab feed last year and she was like i recognize you guys from the podcast like, oh my <laughs> God. she's like can i introduce you to my boyfriend like every like weekend for a while i would just like go to the park and like put on headphones and listen to dateable because i was just like so frustrated by dating and like all this stuff and i think just like hearing that was like i mean obviously she was like with a really great guy and like they seemed super happy but just like the general, like, vibe that this woman had was just, like, so much more positive and uplifting and just, like, seeing that and hearing, like, the stories come in and seeing, like, the people we mentioned, like, the guests we've had that lives have, like, taken, like, 180s and, like, also just, like... The two of us, too, like, I think we both had very different views going into this that we're not nearly as open minded as we are now. So I think that's what keeps me going just the continued learning and evolution and just like really understanding what's happening with modern dating, especially as we go into 2020. Feels so (laughs) futuristic, right? But what's next for Dateable? I mean, I think like for us, like, obviously keep making great content. Like, we want to just keep making. Um, episodes that resonate, like I think we've seen it a few reviews on Apple, which makes me so excited. It's like dateable, relatable. So like, the more stuff that like we can do that like makes you guys like feel like you're not alone in your dating lives, like that's kind of where our aim is. But like, I mean, just big picture, we'd love to take this to TV. We'd love this to take this to other media. So like, that's kind of like our pie in the sky dream. So we'll see how that plays
1: out. If you follow us on Instagram, we recently went to New York and we were invited by the wing in New York to do a talk about dating. And when we were there, we took a few meetings. I won't mention who, but those were great meetings for us to explore kind of like where we can take a podcast. I think everyone's always like, what do you do with a podcast after you put it out there now almost five years? I think now we're really thinking like the teenage stages of our podcast. What does that mean? how how can we grow it but what what is a g- bigger platform we can build for a much bigger influence and having giving people a bigger platform to voice their opinions mm-hmm. cool yeah. all right we're going to one, one thing
0: before one oh. ask i guess for you guys if you could tell a friend about databall that can help us get there so Thank yes
1: you know? <laughs> we're going to do a couple thank yous. Thank you guys so much for coming out. We really, really appreciate it. This means so much to us. I want to thank Logan for opening up the show and for sharing all of her insights with us. Make sure you check out her episode. Make sure you also follow us on um, social media because our video is dropping this week, like I mentioned. We only have two more episodes until the season finale, which means three more episodes for the rest of the year. They're all going to be fantastic episodes, but that also means we're looking for new guests and new inspiration for 2020. It's going to be a big year for all of us. I can feel it. So if you have any ideas or want to be a guest on our show, please let us know. I really want to uh, thank Toto for having us and for allowing us the space. Again, it's like a a physical platform for us to share our learnings and what we will be created with the Dateable Podcast. So thank you so much, Kona, and Mariko, and Rio, if he's back there, wherever he may be. Thank you, Rio.
0: And who took a photo in the poop pool on the back and tagged it?
1: Okay, claim you your gifts. You got some people,
0: you guys get a free um, emoji pillow. So if you haven't done that yet, you should probably go and take some more because we will have more time after this. So yeah, put um, those photos on Instagram. You just have to tag Toto Washlet the, we'll put it back up on the screen, and then you can win your
1: own poop emoji. Yes. And some of the poop emojis are girls, and some of them are gender neutral. Just so you know. You can, <laughs> you can pick. And last but not least, we want to thank the crew. First and foremost, Larry, who went from being a guest on our show to being a friend to producer. being a producer. And he's going to be a permanent fixture for sustainable live events Going forward, I want to thank Tracy right there, who Woo! was able to come and help out very last minute. And thank you so much for all of your um, audio and video expertise. We want to thank, where is, ah, oh, there she I'm like, Duh, okay. snapping like, photos. Jan, thank you so much for snapping all these photos. We're going to upload a bunch of them onto our social media so you guys can stock our social media <laughs> that's always a good way to do that anybody else i'm am- missing i, th- I-
0: <laughs> who had bear tonight so good it's pretty good so yeah thank you to our bear sponsor palmia which um hooked us up for this event so that was really
1: nice of them yeah and uh, if you need to take a giant dump, this is the time to do it. This is like a very comfortable space for you. If you want to announce that you're about to, are you Rashad? Is this happening? You're waiting all day. There you go. I, I, we slow clap you. You come you. to we the show us. Slow for clap you. Soon. And last but not least, you know we always end all of our episodes with stay, stay. dateable, right? Okay, so on the count of three, one, two. Three, stay datable. Thank you. Yay. Want to continue the conversation? First follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at dateable podcast.